2: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Fantasy Football Beat. This is Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at RandallRant. And you are listening to the Fantasy Football Beat, a Rotoviz podcast. Each week, we are joined by an NFL beat reporter or insider who breaks down one of the biggest games in the NFL slate. And on this week's show, the guest is going to be our good friend of the podcast, Marcus Mosier of Locked On Cowboys Podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. In this episode, he's going to be discussing the game that could very well decide the NFC East this year, Sunday's battle between the Philadelphia Eagles in Big D against the Cowboys. We talked about the addition of Amari Cooper and how he has really opened the offense for Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. We talked about what the Cowboys and Eagles are going to have to do defensively to stop the explosive playmakers, particularly for the Cowboys stopping Zach Ertz, who is closing in on Jason Witten's single-season tight end receptions record, and we talked about how how the Eagles have to try to get wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey going to match the production of the newly acquired Golden Tate. After the conversation with Marcus, I'll take a few minutes to recap what we discussed and use some of the Rotoviz apps to dive deeper into the game. For those of you who don't know, Rotoviz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over a thousand articles per year and has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps, please go to Rotoviz.com to check out the site. For this game, the Cowboys are a traditional three-point home favorite with a minus-125 money line. There's a 44-point over-under on the game. The Cowboys are sitting at 7-5 and five atop the NFC East. The Eagles and the Redskins are both 6-6 six and six one game back. But if the Cowboys were to win this game, they would then have won at Philadelphia a few short weeks ago end at home sweeping the season series, something that they have rarely, rarely done here in this battle with the defending Super Bowl champions. The Eagles have won two in a row. They're getting hot. They want to make a push towards the playoffs and see if they can make a nice magical run to get back to the Super Bowl after last year. So this game is a very polarizing result. It's going to have the Cowboys and the Eagles, a big NFC East rivalry. The winner is heading in the right direction towards the playoffs and the loser is in significant trouble and is possibly in danger of missing the playoffs. So So let's get right to it and hear what Marcus has to say about the game. Please welcome back to the fantasy football beat Marcus Mosier. Marcus is the host of Locked On Cowboys. You can follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And he joined us today to give us a preview of the huge Philadelphia Dallas battle down in Big D this weekend. Marcus, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing today? Doing well, Mike. Thanks for having me on. So, Marcus, the Cowboys are rolling. Four in a row. They're 7-5. and They have a one-game lead in the NFC East. And before we get into the Eagles game, I think we got to start with the huge win last week against New Orleans. I mean, something that kind of shocked a lot of people. My gut told me it was going to be close, but Dallas pulled out a great, great performance and a huge win there against the Saints at home.
3: Yeah, I think it was shocking to, I mean, Cowboy fans, because we've seen them play some really bad football this season. And then to take on the Saints, arguably the best team in the NFL, and hold them to 10 points, and even those 10 points, seven of those came, you know, basically on penalties. So for them to play that game on that national stage, uh, that was quite a surprise for this season.
2: It certainly was. And, and I would say that your season turned here for the Cowboys, in my opinion, against the Eagles. You know, they had the two tough losses in a row against the Redskins and the Titans. But then they went at Philadelphia, which is a place that they usually struggle. I feel like even going back to the Troy Aikman days, those games at Philadelphia are always tough. But they had a huge win there, 27-20, and then they really turned it around winning four in a row.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you remember correctly, the Cowboys were coming off a Monday night loss to the Titans. Uh, They looked terrible in that game. They really got blown off the field. They were coming on a short week to play Philadelphia in Philadelphia. They were seven-and-a-half-point underdogs in that game. And the game really wasn't all that close. Dallas had control of the the game most all the way through. They ran for 171 yards. Prescott looked comfortable in the pocket. Uh, Philadelphia just had no answers for their offense. And for the most part, the, de- the defense held the Eagles in check. So uh, is it going to be that easy this time around? I don't think so. The Eagles are definitely playing better. Uh, they're getting a little healthier on their defensive line. Timmy Jernigan is going to be in this game. Uh, the Eagles know that this is basically their season. If they lose to to dallas uh on sunday they'll fall to six and 7 they there'll be three games behind the cowboys in the division uh they don't have tiebreakers with a lot of the teams they're going to be fighting for in the wild card game so a wild card hunt so they know this is a playoff game and i think that's what kind of atmosphere you're going to get on sunday afternoon
2: you know, the Saints have sort of been a key team for both the Eagles and the Cowboys. Uh, the Eagles got crushed 48-7 to against the Saints a few weeks ago. But since that time, they had a win against the Giants, a win against the Redskins. They posted 25 or more points in each game. So talk about how this Cowboys defense, which has looked phenomenal, I mean, really has looked incredible, especially against the Saints. Talk about the keys here for the defense and, and, and how they're going to do against Philadelphia.
3: Well, the key to stopping Philadelphia is, is maintaining Zeke's production. I mean, Ertz is... I, you can make a case he's the most valuable tight end in the league. He's incredibly difficult to stop. In the Cowboys' last game, uh, he had 14 catches and it, you know basically dominated the middle of the field. They can't let Ertz make plays after the catch. They can't allow him to make big plays down the field. So the Cowboys are going to have to find a way to, to take care of Ertz in this game. And then on the outside, uh, we know... Uh, what kind of player Alshon Jeffrey can be. It appears that Golden State is starting to find his way in this offense. They've got a lot of talent. You just can't allow them to create big plays. Um, I, I expect the Cowboys' pass rush to at least put some pressure pressure on Carson Wentz. Um, but it's going to be a difficult challenge. The, the Eagles have a great play caller in Doug Peterson. Uh, Carson Wentz is obviously a fantastic quarterback. Uh, it, it's it's going to be a challenge for the Cowboys. I don't expect them to hold the Eagles to under 10 points. It's just not realistic. Uh, but if the Cowboys can keep Philadelphia around the 20 to 23-point you know, range, I think they have a good chance to pull this one out.
2: Ertz is, is now chasing Witten for most catches by a tight end in a season. Witten has the mark, of course, 110 catches, and Ertz is, is coming up on him here. That's something you know talked about, the connection there between, between Ertz and Witten. I think he's a key. One of the players, though, that has struggled recently, who I think is sort of a variable in this game is the Eagles wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey. You talked about Tate. He's been acclimated. Jeffrey has kind of gone in the other direction. He had a couple big weeks early in the season, but of course that potential is there. How do you think they're going to match up with him? Byron Jones, how do you think they're going to handle the difference between Tate and Jeffrey there?
3: Well, most of the time, the Cowboys like to keep their corners on the same side. So I don't think you're going to see a lot of movement there. Uh, the one thing that helps the Cowboys is they're actually one of the better nickel teams in the league. Uh, we, we can talk about those linebackers ad nauseum uh, with Leighton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith, but it's really been the play of the cornerbacks that have been impressive for the Cowboys with uh, Anthony Brown in the slot, Chidobe Awuzie on the outside, and then even Jordan Lewis playing some spot snaps. Uh, They've got some really good cornerbacks. I don't think they're afraid of uh, Alshon Jeffrey, Golden Tate, Nelson Aguilar. Uh, but it's just a matchup to be concerned about because, you know, those guys get paid on that side too, and th- those are some really talented receivers the the Eagles have.
2: You know, Marcus, one of the reasons you're a great guest is because besides your knowledge here of the Cowboys, also cover the Raiders, you also know fantasy football inside and out. I made it a point this year feeling that, uh, staying strongly, that Ezekiel Elliott should be the number one overall pick. Now, obviously, Todd Gurley has been that or that role, and that should have been the pick, but I do feel that Zeke's passing game incorporation has been much better he's been a much bigger passing game weapon this year Evan Silva put out a tweet today since the week eight by Elliot has 32 targets which is 6.4 per game he's caught 28 of them which is an 88 percent catch rate only Amari Cooper has more targets on the team and he's number four among running backs in routes run so Elliot has been the focal point this year we knew he was going to do that and he's produced I think the only thing has been the touchdown regression which has really picked up the last few weeks
3: yeah, we talked about this earlier in the year and you know kind of why I thought Elliott should be the number one pick. It's for the simple reason that we he had a guaranteed amount of volume. I mean, you look at just his rushing attempts from the last 4 weeks. Uh, you know, or even last 3 weeks. Uh 23 against Atlanta, 26 against Washington, 23 against New Orleans. You're getting that consistent volume in the run game every week. And now that he's starting to get receptions, I mean, his value has only gone way up. I, I'm looking at like a PPR scoring, you know. he has all, you know, last four games all above 25 points. So when we were talking about Elliott in the preseason and why I believe he was, should have been the number one pick, you were thinking of this volume and what he could do behind the Cowboys offensive line well, since then, Tyrod Smith has been out. Travis Frederick has been out for the season. Connor Williams has been out for a long time. And even despite all of those injuries on the offensive line, he has still been able to produce and play like an RB1. So, very confident with what he's going to do over the stretch. Uh, today he said this is the healthiest he's been all season long. Um, I expect, you know, the final four games of the season, the final three for, you know, fantasy playoffs, for him to, to have some monster games coming up.
2: You know, and and also leading the Cowboys on offense there, and we'll get to Mark Cooper in a minute, has been Dak Prescott. You know, and Prescott's taken some criticism in early in the year, you know, is he really the guy that we thought he was going to be? But again, with the offensive line injuries and the lack of really a, a top receiving weapon, I thought that was unfair. But you look during this four-game winning streak, he was 26 of 36, 26 of 32, 22 of 31, and an uber-efficient 24 of 28 against the Saints. So talk about his development as well and how he also has three rushing touchdowns in in the last four games. He's really been, and you talked about this when we talked earlier, Prescott's got to run a little bit more. He's really been doing it all during this four-game winning streak.
3: Yeah, I think in the first four games of the season kind of threw everybody off a little bit. You know, against Carolina, the Giants, uh, Seahawks and the Lions, he looked like that quarterback that was struggling at the last seven games of the, the season in 2017. But since then, he's been back to about the same level that we saw as a rookie. And then, you know, if you even chop it up a little bit more, since he got Amari Cooper, he's playing, you know, at an elite level. His passer rating is at 106. He's playing with more command. And again, that's without two all-pro offensive linemen. And I know the narrative early in his career was, you know, he's propped up by this great offensive line. He's got three all-pro guys on there. Well, there's only one left now, and you could make a case that the Cowboys have one of the worst offensive lines in the league right now. Uh, and, and Prescott is still producing. From a fantasy standpoint, he's got a pretty a pretty solid floor considering, you know, he, he is going to rush a little bit. He does have uh, some rushing touchdowns. I think he has three rushing touchdowns over his last four games. Uh, I would like to see him run more But as an overall player, you know, just from a real-life perspective, I think Prescott's play has picked up quite a bit in the last four to five
2: weeks. And, of course, where it's picked up as well is in the receiving game. And Amari Cooper's arrival, you know, the, the popular opinion on social media was that the Cowboys overpaid. Well, I'll tell you this, Marcus. If he continues to have the impact that he's had so far, I don't think they've overpaid. He really has become that top wide receiver. And talk about how he's been a Drawing coverage and really opening things up for the offense.
3: Well, we can have a discussion sometime about whether the Cowboys overpaid. Do you, did they over? Is giving up a first-round pick for? you know, 18 months of a player too much, that's a different discussion. But on the field, man, he's been everything the Cowboys could have asked for. When the Cowboys made the trade for Amari Cooper, I said he is one of the few receivers that I think fits in perfectly with his offense because he's not a guy that necessarily wins with contested catches. He's not a guy that uh you have to force feed the target. What Cooper does really well is he runs routes and he makes plays after the catch. Well, in Dallas's scheme, you're never going to get you know, 15, 16 targets a game. You're going to get 8 to 10, and you've got to be very efficient on those targets. Uh, Cooper has done exactly that. I mean, you're seeing the last, I think it's the last four or three weeks. Uh, he has just one target that hasn't resulted in a reception. So he's been uber efficient. He's starting to, to draw teams number one cornerbacks. The Saints put Marshawn Lattimore on him last week, and he still had eight targets, eight catches, 75 yards. Um, he's helped Michael Gallup develop a little bit more now that he's kind of drawing some of that coverage away. He's been everything the Cowboys could have ever asked for uh, since making the trade.
2: Well, Marcus, we appreciate your few minutes here. This is a big game for the Cowboys coming up on Sunday. They are three-and-a-half-point favorites. The Eagles have been playing well. Eagles are, of course, Super Bowl champions. But this could be a game that could get them two games separated in the division there as they move forward to the end of the season. And if you look at the end of the season, they go to Indianapolis, they host Tampa, host Tampa Bay at home, and then they have the Giants on the road. So this game really could solidify their hold on the NFC East. How do you think it's going to play out on Sunday here between the Eagles and the Cowboys?
3: Well, a few things. Actually, if the Cowboys win this game. They'll have a three game lead over the Eagles because they'll have the tiebreaker now that they have both those wins. So that's a big part of this. Um, the Cowboys are coming off a Thursday night game. So they're going to have 10 days of rest. The Eagles are coming off a Monday night game. So they've got six games and they have to travel. So you would think all of that, you know, would help the Cowboys in this contest. However, I think this game means a little bit more for the Eagles. I think the Cowboys probably deep down know. They've got two games coming up with some pretty bad teams in the Giants and the Bucks. and they know that if they lose this game, the division's not over. Just because of the urgency the Eagles are going to have to play with, I'm going to pick them. Uh, wow. It, 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 I think it's going to be a close game. It, historically, or at least under you know, Carson Wentz and over the last couple of years, the Eagles have not had any problem winning in Dallas. I think that trend kind of continues. I'm going to pick them to win a 24-21 game in Dallas.
2: Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, they been riding high. It would be a close game. I think it's going to be a close game either way. So I, I definitely think the Eagles are, are Super Bowl champions here. They're not going to go down easy. And like you said, if they lose this game, they're probably not making the playoffs. So this is going to be a great battle on Big D, but no one's playing better than the Cowboys right now. Folks, that's Marcus Mosier, host of Locked On Cowboys. He is an expert in all things Cowboys and a must-follow on Twitter at Marcus underscore Score Mosier. Marcus, thanks for a few minutes. Really looking forward to Sunday in Big D in a, in a big NFC East battle.
3: Anytime, Mike, you know that.
2: That was Marcus Mosier, who covers the Cowboys for the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Please follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. In just a moment, we're going to dive deeper in what he discussed using some of the many apps on rotoviz.com. Just a quick reminder, please, you can support the Rotovis Radio Network and our 10 shows per week on Patreon. By doing so, you'll gain exclusive access to Rotovis Live, which is our weekly Sunday morning video show where we answer all your fantasy football questions. The patronships start at just $6 per month, and they Provide exclusive access to RotoViz Live. That is four shows per month on top of our 40 podcasts for just $6. If you become a RotoViz Radio patron today, you're going to join an exclusive community of listeners, access our premium content, and do your part in helping the network to grow and continue to produce the high quality, industry leading programming that you have come to expect. Please remember RotoViz Radio on Patreon. So we thank Marcus Mosier for joining the show this week, giving us a preview of the Cowboys-Eagles matchup. And these are two teams that have really revamped their season. If you go out there and look at the fans and look at the message boards that have occurred over the last month or so, you go back just one month, most of the Eagle and Cowboy fans did not think they were making the playoffs. The Cowboys had just traded for Amari Cooper and given up a first round pick and were getting destroyed on social media. And the Eagles had struggled, being unable to find a running back, struggling on defense because of injuries, and a decimated offensive line. But both have turned their seasons around and are heading in the right direction. But this is going to be a game, like I discussed with Marcus Mosier, that's going to really catapult one of these teams into a good spot to make the playoffs and hurt the other one. Now with the Cowboys the change has been Amari Cooper. Having him coming over as a legit wide receiver option has opened up so many things on the offense. He's gotten Michael Gallup going as well and he's gotten running lanes for Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott has also improved. If we take a look at how Cooper has done since joining the Cowboys after that double buy, which really frustrated fantasy owners that they had the buy in week seven with the Raiders coming back with the buy in week eight with the Cowboys. He joined the Cowboys against the Tennessee Titans in that first game. He He had five receptions on eight targets... 58 yards and one touchdown. He was the wide receiver 13. The following week against Philadelphia, 10 targets, six receptions, a solid 75 yards, but no touchdowns. However, since then he played Atlanta. Went against Desmond Trufant, which is always difficult. He had five targets, three receptions, only 36 yards. Disappointing week. But since that point, against Josh Norman in Washington, nine targets, eight receptions, two touchdowns, 180 receiving yards. Cooper was the overall wide receiver one in fantasy football. In week 12. And last week against Marshawn Lattimore, a very difficult matchup. He had eight targets, he caught eight receptions, and had 75 receiving yards. So Cooper has been a major, major factor here against some tough competition. He's going to face the Eagles again. He's going to get peppered with those targets in a secondary that is struggling. Now, what has Cooper done for quarterback Dak Prescott? We'll take a look at this. Since his arrival, Prescott has been the QB 18, the QB 6, the QB 16, the QB 2, and the QB 17. And remember, last week against New Orleans, the game script certainly was not in favor of Prescott throwing a lot, but he has really been able to shine since Cooper's arrival. At the beginning of the season, Prescott was producing quarterback 28, quarterback 25, quarterback 26 numbers, just a non-factor, but he's been able to complete a high percentage of passes as well since Cooper's arrival back in week 9. He's had 68% completion percentage, 72 69, 71, and 86 last week. So he really has upped his game and has become a huge threat. So not only do you have to worry about Dak Prescott throwing to Cooper, you also have to worry about Dak Prescott rushing as well. And he's had three rushing touchdowns in the five weeks since Cooper has arrived. The other player that has really stepped up for the Cowboys has been Ezekiel Elliott. You know, many people, myself included, thought Ezekiel Elliott should be the 1.01 pick in all formats. And really, he's produced in many, many ways, living up to that expectation. He leads the league in carries with 240. He's second in the league in rushing yards with 1,150. He's also 11th in receiving yards, and he has 68 targets, which is the key. Elliott has become a major receiving force out of the backfield and has upped his targets per game from 3.8 last year to 5.7 this year. The only issue, he has nine total touchdowns, which right now among running backs only ranks him ninth. But if we go back to that Cooper arrival in week nine, here are the performances you've gotten from Ezekiel Elliott. The overall PPR running back 14, then the PPR running back three, PPR running back two, seven, and five. So the last four weeks, Ezekiel Elliott has been the RB seven or better. Where in those prior seven games, he had only been a wide a running back seven or better twice. This is the performance that you've been expecting from Ezekiel Elliott the whole year. And certainly this week against Philadelphia, you would expect him to continue that. The Eagles have certainly been vulnerable. You heard Marcus reference the uh, injuries that have occurred for the Eagles, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They're 11th most generous in fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. They're still doing a pretty decent job against running backs, although lately they have struggled. At the beginning of the year, they were very strong against running backs. Right now, they ranked 18th against the run, but over the last few weeks, they have really struggled. They've given up over the last four weeks, starting with Dallas. They gave up 39.9 fantasy points in week 10, 39.7 fantasy points at New Orleans to the running backs, 39.2 fantasy points to Saquon Barkley and the Giants, and 20.9 fantasy points to Washington last week. So we're talking about one rushing touchdown in week 10, two in week 11, one in week 12, one in week 13, whereas in the prior eight weeks before their bye with the Eagles, they only allowed two rushing touchdowns. Where they've been particularly decimated is in the secondary. Right now, the Philadelphia secondary is allowing the second most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. They trail only the Saints, which is misleading because the Saints were very weak in the beginning of the year, but have gotten much, much better. That is not true, where against the Cowboys, they allowed 186 receiving yards. And the following week at New Orleans, which is always a difficult place to play, however, the Cowboys just shut down that Saints offense in Dallas, they allowed 285 yards, the Eagles did, and three touchdowns. One of the players who has really benefited from the arrival of Cooper is rookie wide receiver Michael Gallup. Gallup was basically producing little to nothing before Cooper's arrival. However, since his arrival, Gallup has seen, if you use the RotoViz Game Splits app, which is a tremendous app on RotoViz, you go to rotoviz.com, the Game Splits app, he's catching. Over one more pass per game. He has about 15 more yards per game. And he's getting over two more targets per game. And if you even isolate the last few weeks, Gallup has received at least five targets in each of the last three games. He's getting a lot of air yards. He's getting a lot of targets. And he's seeing his snap share go way up as well. So Gallup is somebody that if you were stuck because of the injuries and needed a wide receiver three at home against a weak secondary, you could plug in Michael Gallup. You're in your fantasy playoffs. It's now or never. It's time to make the right decision. And if you look at the trend, these players at the end of the season who end up doing very, very well and are hot, those are the players that you have to take a chance at and you have to sit some of your veterans that maybe have not been performing. If you have Alshon Jeffrey who has still been running the routes as the number one receiver in Philadelphia. And over the last four weeks, starting with that Dallas game, eight targets, four receptions, 48 yards, no touchdowns. Five targets, four receptions, 33 yards, no touchdowns. Three targets, three receptions, 39 yards, no touchdowns. Five targets, three receptions, 31 receiving yards, no touchdowns. If you're asking me, who will have a better game. I think Michael Gallup will have a better game than Alshon Jeffrey. He's going to see Byron Jones and Jadobio Wouzier, So he's going to see tough cornerbacks. They've been using Golden Tate a lot more recently. And that arrival of Golden Tate has made things more difficult for Jeffrey. In the five games this year that Golden Tate was not on the team, Alshon Jeffrey 17.4 PPR fantasy points per game, 8.8 targets, receiving yards and .8 receiving touchdowns in the four games that Golden Tate has arrived in Philadelphia Jeffrey has dropped to 7.2 PPR fantasy points per game, 5.2 targets, so more than three less targets per game, and half of the receiving yards, 37.7. Again, great app. rotoviz.com, splits app, breaks that down. So I'm going to start Golden Tate over Alshon Jeffrey. I'm also going to start Michael Gallup over Alshon Jeffrey, and it wouldn't bother me in the slightest. I think this is a game that the Eagles are getting a little healthier there in the front seven. They're going to want to pound Ezekiel Elliott, But with Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott and Gallup on the other side, Gallup could absolutely have a wide receiver two performance, whereas I do not see Alshon Jeffrey coming in and doing that. Zach Ertz has been hot. He's going to be someone that they're going to target a lot as well. You're going to want to try to control the ball here with the Eagles and get some things going. And Golden Tate has been such a valuable uh, weapon. I just don't see Jeffrey getting it. I would sit Alshon Jeffrey this week against the Cowboys. For the running game for the Eagles, it's all about the undrafted rookie From Notre Dame, Josh Adams. Adams has been getting at least 20 carries each of the last two weeks. He had 22 carries against the Giants. He had 84 total yards and scored a touchdown last week against a tough Washington group. He had 20 carries as well, 85 total yards again. The last three weeks, if you include those, he was the RB16, RB19. Last week, only the 85 yards, no touchdown, RB38. I think he's a fine flex play, Josh Adams. The Cowboys' defense has been difficult. I would not put him as a RB2, but certainly he can be a PPR specialist as the Flex if you need him. So I'm going to sit Alshon Jeffrey. I will start Golden Tate. You're, of course, starting Zach Ertz with all the great things we heard from Marcus, how he's really such a dangerous weapon and just ate them up in the first game. And I would start Josh Adams and Flex on the other side for the Cowboys. Cooper, you're going to roll with. I would love to roll with Gallup. I think he's a great playoff, fantasy playoff play for you this week. And of course, you're starting Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott at home. As far as the prediction on the game, I will take the Cowboys giving the three-point I understand Marcus's concern about Philadelphia being hot and how the Cowboys could possibly lose this game and still make the playoffs, but I think the Cowboys are going to put the hammer down. They're going to take a commanding lead in the NFC East and really have been rolling. Since the defense has gotten totally healthy, since Ezekiel Elliott has been playing well, and since Cooper's arrival, I don't see them taking a step back after the incredible win over the Saints last week. So I will give the three points with the Cowboys. We'll take the minus 125 money line, and of course, the 44-point over under. I think there's gonna be some points in this game. Eagles are playing too well. I will take the over Forty-four points in this game in this huge, huge Week 14 battle. So that's going to do it for us here on the Fantasy Football Beat. We have the Eagles visiting the Cowboys. Huge battle here, folks. We are in the playoff stretch drive. You're going to want to become a patron. You're going to want to hear that uh, incredible Sunday morning video cast that we have with Column Kelly and one of our guests here at Rotobiz, where they can answer your questions and get you through the playoffs and get you closer to that fantasy football title. Please follow us here at Rotobiz Radio on Twitter. We we're going to be bringing you a couple more deep dives on these games, which are going to be critical. I will try to pick the big games as you get ready for the playoffs where the fantasy points are going to come fast and furious. So hopefully, you can celebrate here with us on RotoViz as you win your fantasy football title. I'm Mike Randall. Please follow me on Twitter at RandallRant. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Football Beat, a RotoViz podcast. Please rate and review the RotoViz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email, rotavizradio at gmail.com, and follow us on Twitter at rotavizradio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotaviz Radio homepage,
1: rotaviz.com forward slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Decoy by Duckhorn. Elevate your occasion. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.